space. And there goes Tyree McCants. Inside the five and in. What a touchdown. And he can pick him up and put him down as he drags the UCF defender into the end zone. Timmy McClain, the talented freshman. A year ago, he was leading Seminole High School to a state championship. Tonight, he gets the nod, starting quarterback for the Bulls. McClain stepping up, firing over the middle. It's caught for the touchdown. let's run it this is going to be a, a little bit of a mismatch of just about everything here on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast welcome into the podcast I'm your host Will Turner here taking you through this one as I always do recording this on Wednesday night in the intermission of the Stanley Cup final game one between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche I wanted to try and get something done after the game but of course they decide to go to overtime um, so that's neat but uh, here we are. We're we're you know going to record half of this probably uh, before while we get through intermission, and then we'll record the second half later on. You won't notice a thing because I'll have edited all this stuff on the back end, so you won't have to worry about a thing. For me, it's going to be uh, something interesting of how to try and patch this patchwork this whole thing together. Um, again, welcome to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. I'm your host, Will Turner. Uh, site publisher over at bulls247.com where like we're back in the swing of things man it's really good to to be back the last you know week has been really really productive on the site um obviously camp season helps with that we'll dive a little bit in camp season and kind of talk about those those uh things those prospects um so that's been really good you know last seven days last really yeah the last week um, from USF's first seven-on-seven camp and offensive and defensive line camp, um, their first individual prospect camp of the uh, camp series. And then we got a new crystal ball uh, in on the website. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, go and do that. I'm not telling you who it is on this podcast, so you're going to have to go check that out. And then uh, plenty of stuff regarding the Board of Trustees meeting um, that took place on Wednesday, uh, June 15th, as... Um, there was an informational item on the agenda, so not an action item. Um, trust me, we uh, sat in the meeting for uh, quite a quite a bit learning about action items. Um, so it was an informational item regarding the regarding the um, on campus stadium and in the latest news regarding that and kind of where that project stands. So we'll talk about that a little bit. I have some comments from Michael Kelly. Uh, Vice President of Athletics, He'll, you'll uh, you'll hear what he had to say um, in a little bit of a media scrum that we had after um, the Board of Trustees meeting, some some um, clarification on some things, and so we'll go into that. That'll you know kind of serve as our second voice since there will be no um, you know traditional interview portion of the show as we normally do. And then of course over on the website we've got recruiting updates, um, so make sure to take a look at that. Um, got one with Schley, I think it's Schley County, Schley County's uh, Clinton Jackson. Um, he camped with USF at the first prospect camp on Saturday. Um, he is a 
2023 wide receiver that USF is highly targeting. We have the latest update on him, who's recruiting him, and USF is in it. So, um, you know, make sure to, to take a look over at that. Obviously, the crystal ball that I already already mentioned. And then, as you know, this is supposed to be released Thursday morning, if I can get this finished overnight, which I should be able to, um, you're going to want to make sure that you have your VIP subscriptions ready to go for Friday. Friday, we're launching something very cool on the site. It's called the VIP Happy Hour. This is the first mention of it. I'll probably mention it on Twitter later in the day on Thursday, um, and we'll go from there. But um, the VIP Happy Hour is going to be a new segment we're doing at Bulls247.com over on the message boards, trying to figure out if I want to do it weekly or if I want to do it bi-weekly. I think we're going to, I think we'll find out pretty quick. I think um, just kind of based on you know the turnout. So what the VIP Happy Hour is going to end up being is just a, a simple question and answer, a VIP chat, um, you know, for our subscribers over on the message boards at Bulls twenty four seven. You know, ask me anything. Um, it's your opportunity to get the inside scoop about what happens at USF, what's happening with recruiting. Because yes, I finally am back in the recruiting space, and I actually know what I'm talking about these days. Um, so you've got that, you've got, you know, anything regarding the team, kind of where I think the team's at, um, obviously as the football season approaches here, uh, within two months, uh, of recording this podcast. So obviously, you know, football will get interesting here, uh, very shortly. Gary Bohannon, the transfer quarterback from Baylor is on campus. So, um, you want me to, you want to ask me what I think of Gary Bohannon, feel free. You want me to, you want to ask me what people think around, around the program about Gary Bohannon, please do go on the message board and no questions, a stupid question and make sure to, to, to get your sub subscriptions ready. If you want to try it out for a month, you can always feel free to do that. Um, it's $1 for your first month, uh, for new customers only on bulls, 24, com. Again, $1 for your first month. That is your, uh, that is cheaper than Buddy Brew Coffee. That's cheaper than a Cigar City beer. And speaking of beer, for my beer people out here that like my um, regular um, uh, beer, when I when I do crack open a cold one while recording the podcast uh, today, tonight rather, as this game I think just got back underway, um, I'm having a Confidence IPA um, from. Uh, Deep Ellum Brewing Company in Dallas, Texas. Picked it up during the SMU trip. Yes, I'm that far behind on drinking beer. I did get a mini fridge in the office, which is stocked. And oh my God, it is amazing. So get yourself a mini fridge and just stick beer in it. And it's great. You might not get as much work done as you really want, but it's moderation and self-control. So um, Confidence IPA, it's a great beer. Um, Hazy IPA, juicy IPA, all that good stuff. Um, everything you know, you IPA lovers uh, have. Obviously, y'all know me. I drink just about anything. I've got porters in in the mini fridge. I've got uh, um, some other cool stuff in there as well. So um, that's what I'm drinking tonight. So again, uh, the one dollar for your first month VIP is cheaper than I paid for this beer. So uh, make sure to go check out that deal over at Bulls247.com as we continue to march forward through the 2023 recruiting cycle and the 2022 football season. Okay, so perhaps I'm breaking the fourth wall here or whatever the rule of podcasting, if there even is one. Man, I finished off that last line, right? And this is like post-editing Will here, by the way. 
Um, <laughs> I, I finished off that promotional line, and then next thing you know, I go walk in my living room for 30 seconds and the Avalanche score to win the game 4-3 in overtime. So, I guess we're not going to go to bed super late tonight, so that's kind of cool, but... Alright, so let's dive into things now as, you know, we've got loads of time on our hands until Saturday for Game 2. Um, Alright, so let's 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 dive into things. First of all, uh, let's start with this uh, Board of Trustees meeting that happened on Wednesday. Um, I don't know necessarily what I expected out of it. Um, personally, I kind of thought that maybe we would see some sort of... Um, you know, I don't even think that I, I really thought that we would get renderings in this this whole thing. I just thought it would be, you know, kind of informational, which is exactly what it was when I found out that there was no voting action. And I, as I was reading the, um, as I was reading the, um, what you call it, the 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 agenda, I came across an a, a, a pretty interesting note. That kind of really, really set the tone for the for the morning, and kind of made me put two and two together as if to say, okay, yeah, this isn't probably gonna get, probably not gonna get, like nothing is gonna get voted on, nothing is gonna get decided. Um, that note read, uh, USF will not move forward in any way with actual construction cost or activity until a financial plan and project is approved by the board of trustees and the Board of Governors. And then I added on, and this is over on the uh, Bulls 24-7 message board if you want to uh, kind of check out the, you know, as it happened, um, you know, breakdown. Um, ultimately, this was from day one that this that this item was on the, was on the agenda for the Board of Trustees. Um, it was a uh, information item only. They were only going to talk information. They were not going to approve anything. Nothing was going to get voted on. Um, and what we found out on on Wednesday with the Board of Trustees meeting is the reason why we didn't get renderings on Wednesday was because they still have to figure out a design firm, and that's the next step, right? So they've done the feasibility study. They've ha- They've got the proposed site. So in the timeline of between March and June, because remember these meetings are held quarterly, between March and June, what they've done to figure out, um, you know, kind of how this is all going to work is they've done uh, a preliminary traffic and parking evaluation. Uh, Michael Kelly said they went external to complete those studies. Um, so so that kind of assessed, you know, the, the, the parking situation around, around Sycamore, around the athletics complex, around the Selman Center, at the Yingling Center, um, all these different areas that they're trying to assess parking, and then traffic too, you know, uh, obviously 50th Street's right there, uh, 50, you know, 56 not, is not too far from that, Fowler, um, obviously to the south, Fletcher to the north, um, you know, there's obviously the Lettuce Lake area to the north of Fletcher, um, you know, so that, that, that obviously can't be torn down because that's a, you know, a, a park, uh, can't, at least a county park, if not a state park. Um, you know, obviously, so, so, you know, I think it was one of those things where, where, you know, it doesn't seem like they've done a lot within the last three months, but I think they've done more than what meets the eye. Um, you know, they've, they, uh, Mike Kelly said they've talked to facility managers within and around the area. 
Um, I'm assuming that means uh, Hillsborough County or uh, City of Temple Terrace or City of Tampa um, water. Uh, electric uh, got to be uh, either Tico or, or Duke Energy. I, w- I would imagine it'd be Tico, um, Tampa Electric Company uh, for you know electricity. Trying you know trying to make sure those ut- utilities would work um, you know for that area. And the conclusion they come to came to with the Sycamore site that they would be able to accommodate a stadium at that site. Now the other piece is the recommended site can accommodate future growth now does this mean growth in terms of you know expansion of uh, of um you know capacity possibly does it mean growth within a you know like uh for example how the atlanta braves when they built their new uh when they built truest truest park up in Cobb county georgia um you know it, it, it you've got the battery you've got the whole you know um if you haven't been there it's it's like a whole entertainment district um, you know, similar to, uh, you know, kind of like if you moved Central Avenue in St. Pete, you know, to be right next to the trop, um, instead of have it be a couple streets away. So that's kind of where, where they're at, um, is, is, is saying that that site could accommodate future growth. Now, again, what the term future growth is, we don't necessarily have those answers at this time. So that, what was, that was what was done between February, March, April, May, and into the first part of June. So all of that is done, and that's the information that they've gathered. Now, what they're going to end up doing, and I'll have kind of, and and I'll have Michael Kelly explain this better as he explained it to uh, Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times and I this afternoon following the Board of Trustees meeting, is the next step. Um, Jay Stroman talked about this. Uh, who's the president of the uh, USF Foundation, I believe, anyway, um, something of that nature. Um, first of all, Jay Stroman said that the anticipated seating capacity would be 35,000. We'll talk numbers in a minute um, regarding capacity. But Jay Stroman talked about the, the thing that needs to be done within the next 30 to 45 days is to create an invitation to negotiate, otherwise known as an ITN. And the ITN essentially serves as a want, as a wanted ad, a, a classifieds ad, if you will, to go to design firms from across the country and say, okay, this is exactly what we want. This is who we, you know, this is the type of company that we want to work with. This is how USF selects the design firm. This is how they get the renderings to be able to figure this thing out and figure out cost and figure out, you know, how long this, this, this whole thing is going to take. Um, so here's Michael Kelly talking about kind of the ITN process, what it includes, and kind of the feedback that he's already gotten from some of the um, you know design firms from around the country. And he says something really interesting, um, kind of in the middle of his quote. So here's Michael Kelly. Uh, intent to negotiate, or like you normally would hear RFP, it's just really this, the structure of uh, how it's set up. So basically, um, now that we know exactly where the site is now and, and getting a lot of good ideas that we might want to put the paper and get a good feel for what modern pricing would be next step is to go into the design phase and you can do the design phase you can go ahead and select the best uh, 
design build is the way we want to do it right now, but you basically take, there's going to be a whole bunch of people that will apply for that that are major stadium designers slash construction companies that will partner together to bid on this. The good thing about it is, uh, despite this being you know, tough, tough times in the world the economy, and if you will, but there's this will be this is really already one of the best uh, you know, projects in collegiate sports that was kind of focused on right now. So I think we're going to get a lot of good. I anticipate getting you know, great feedback. We've already heard from just about every architecture firm you can, you can think of. So now it's really incumbent on them once they see the basically the request for proposals or just to say a side team. But yeah. It's going to go on the streets in the next couple of weeks, and then they'll have a couple months to respond, and then. We'll, we'll, we'll select one uh, this fall that will be with us for, you know, all the way. But at least then the design phase happens when we spend the next year after that really getting into, uh, of course, the stadium itself is the most important thing. But what else gets added on to? What else do we put? Right. And then brings back the final price to, to this group and, and figures it out. All right. So that was Michael Kelly. Again, I, I apologize for the for the kind of garbled audio. Uh, you know, we, we, we were right outside the, the Marshall Student Center ballroom. So... Uh, tried to kind of edit that and post as much as possible, but um, so hopefully you did get something out of that. What I what I think is the most interesting piece about this, right, is is that they've already gotten a significant amount of interest regarding the um, the ITN and in kind of the whole the whole project. Michael Kelly says something as as far as as um, you know, as I as I pull up the quote here, um, uh, you know, despite this being tough times in the world economy, this is already one of the best projects in collegiate sports right now. That kind of says a lot, you know. Like I know, I I don't know necessarily what else is really going on in in collegiate sports when it comes to building facilities, but for him to for them to be at that point with any design firm and and kind of being that sought after um obviously you know you're 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 if you're a company you want to go into business you know with somebody right now you know you're going to make a little bit you might make a little bit more cash because you know your cost might be a little high because supply is is you know um so little and demand is very high so um it could be it it, it could be interesting kind of how this how this plays out but i thought that quote from uh, from from Michael Kelly in particular, um, just that that the project is is being sought after is 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 a pretty interesting one. Now, um, you know, a, a, a timetable on kind of everything. Um, as soon as they get the design firm, from my understanding, is that um, they're going there. That's when the renderings are going to get started. I know so many people on social media were were worried about getting renderings today and and kind of seeing what that new thing. You know, would look like because the one rendering that we have seen um, is old. It's not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be the model of what this on-campus stadium is going to look like. Um, gosh, I, I couldn't even tell you how many years old that 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 rendering that model is, um, and it's not going to be what uh, what they have. But the the important piece here for USF is they're not going to have renderings, and they don't want to release renderings to the public without having an accurate depiction of what the stadium is going to look like it makes sense right you don't want to give the public a false image of you know something you could go talk to joe schmo in the architectural department at usf and they can they can mock up a stadium on commission for a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars and you know go through um 
you know, Adobe Photoshop and do all in Illustrator and do whatever and make this make this this thing. But is that thing going to be accurate to what you're actually building? So I think that's the thing that that, that folks have got to understand is USF will not release anything to the public unless it's what they want it to be. You know, they're not going to go and, and publish a, they're not going to go make false promises. They're not going to, you know, say it looks like this when it looks like something completely different when it's, when it's done. Um, so I think I can, you know, you can absolutely respect that piece. Um, in terms of an overall timeline of, of, of when this is going to get done, um, they were very adamant between Will Weatherford, uh, the, the board of trustees chair, Michael Kelly and Jay Stroman, they were very, very adamant about uh, a 2026 um, opening. So I believe the 2026 uh, out-of-conference schedule, um, I believe it's going to be Miami, if I remember right. You guys know I look things up on the fly. Um, Let me see. I typed in the wrong thing. 2026 USF out-of-conference schedule. Um, It would be Florida Atlantic. Okay, so it'd be Florida Atlantic on September 5th at the schedule for right now at Raymond James Stadium. Um, I think we talked about previously what was talked about was the 2027 year would be opening with the with, with, uh, University of Miami um, in 2027. Um, but that timeline has since moved up uh, a, a year. And that's a year where you, know, you, you welcome Florida Atlantic, you go to Alabama, uh, Bethune Cookman comes in, which who knows that date could be replaced for a UCF game. You know, if you decide to drop your FCS game and you decide to schedule a war on I four, who knows? We'll see what happens with that. And then you go to BYU for that return trip that was supposed to be hosted in uh, 2023 before they went to um, the um, Big uh, Twelve. So that's the goal: is to host in 2026, is open it up in 2026, and if you open it up in 2026. Um, you have freshmen on this roster, on this football roster, that if they redshirt this year, they're going to be redshirt seniors by the time this this on-campus stadium would be projected to be finished, um, which is kind of cool. And especially now in, in recruiting your 2023 class is, you know, if you're Jeff Scott, you could start saying, okay, they have legit confidence that we'll have an on-campus stadium by the time you're a senior, and you could be a part of something special. Um, these kids would be traditional seniors if they played four years. Uh, they would be redshirt juniors if they redshirted. Um, for that so that could be a really interesting dynamic to you know continue the investment piece and continue the you know those pitches um for uh the uh, you know for down the line so um that's kind of the, the 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 bulk of the stadium stuff i you know it's 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 gonna be a wait and see i mean they they, they want to spend the back half of 2022 once they get that design firm in place and they want to go ahead and they want to start designing they're going to probably take the last six months six months of the year they're going to focus on the design michael kelly said that you know they can get a lot of design done in 2023 um, and there's a good chance that that could get done um, i'll read you his exact quote um, if by the end of 2022, if we're well into design mode, let's say that all of 23 is also design mode, and you basically want to build somewhere between 24 and 25 to get ready for 26. As long as we're building things by the summer of 24, we're in good shape. So that's kind of the timeline. 
you're not going to see renderings. You may not see renderings of this thing until 2023. I mean, that's just kind of the cut and dry of it. Um, you know, that's that's kind of where this is at. Um, uh, oh, and one more thing before I, you know, we before we kind of move on from from this from the stadium stuff is um, I mentioned the thirty five thousand number that was kind of the anticipated uh, capacity in um, that that Jay Stroman ended up uh, he was asked that question um, from the board today um, and he said thirty five thousand. Uh, we talked to Michael Kelly. Um, there is a you know kind of thirty five thousand and some change. Um, possibly some standing room only sections, uh, some socializing areas for students. That was kind of one of the things in the in the in the feasibility study that was done was that the students kind of want to hang around and, and, and stand and you know do things like that. Um, and then um, so obviously uh, Michael Kelly also did mention that you know if they feel the need that they ever want to expand that they ever want to you know improve upon what they build, um, they're going to create a design where they can, you know have expansion opportunities. So. Um, that's a part of it too. When you pick a design firm, you want to be able to, you know, kind of have a long lasting relationship with a design firm. So that way they can kind of just pick off where they left off instead of starting from square one on any expansion. So you kind of do everything for a reason, right? You want to make sure that you do this the right way. As uh, board of trustees chair, Will Weatherford said, um, you want to make sure you do it the right way. You want to make sure your relationships are good because if you do, in you know 20 28 29 30 your attendance numbers are way up um and you want to you know maybe you got alabama maybe you got georgia maybe you got somebody coming in and you want to build an expansion and you want to put you know instead of 35 or 40,000 and some change maybe you want 50,000 and change this is going to give you the opportunity to do that so um there is the 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 hope uh for that down the line so um concluding uh, with the stadium topic, let's dive into some recruiting now. Um, since the last time we ho- we host this podcast, there's definitely been a couple of, of, of big stories to, to talk about, without a doubt. Um, obviously, the, the Gary Bohannon transfer from Baylor, uh, we talked extensively about that. That was our last podcast. If you missed that, make sure to check that episode out. We talked with uh, Garrett Bross, uh, formerly of our Baylor 24-7 site, but he's since moved on. Uh, to Sikkim 365, still covering Baylor, uh, gave us a ton of good insight about who uh, Gary Bohannon was and kind of the whole situation that led up to the transfer and just kind of, you know, who he was and, and, and what he does well and, and why he would be a good fit for USF. So make sure to check out that podcast episode if you missed it. Um, so since then, we've got a couple of recruiting things to talk about. Um, and I've kind of neglected to talk about recruiting on this podcast, believe it or not, um, partially because I was just utterly just out of the loop um so you know let's let let's look at the obviously the big story well one of the big well, I, I, I guess we could call it a big story is um is is usf got their first 2023 commitment in a uh, port st joe uh, running back um dj oliver a 2023 uh stands in at uh six foot uh 237 pounds checks in as a three-star recruit in the 24 7 sports uh, rankings as the number 73 running back in the country and number 169 prospect overall in florida uh checked in you know with his commitment uh with with offers from air force army central michigan florida atlantic middle tennessee state navy and uab um just kind of a a, a quick one about him uh you know uh, multi-sport athlete by multi we mean like three 
uh, runs track and field, made it to the regional meet, ran an eleven four five in the hundred meter re- meter re- uh, in the hundred meter dash at, at the class one A regionals. Um, you know, uh, uh, through shot put too. Um, you know, was uh, took third at the at the state weightlifting meet in the in the two hundred thirty eight pound weight class. I mean, this kid can can do it all, and he was really really good as a running back last last year for Port St. Joe, and then um, was also a linebacker. So, you know, if the running back doesn't room gets a little too crowded, and he wants to go to linebacker. That opportunity is open uh, for him. So. Um, I would imagine that that really kind of concludes USF's running back uh, allotment for the for the 2023 recruiting cycle. Um, I'd be shocked if they took a transfer in all honesty as well, because you got to consider that every single one of the the running backs on this roster is uh, has at least two years of eligibility remaining. Yeah, even Jaron Mangum, who's listed as a senior, if he took his COVID year. He still has another year remaining. Same thing with Kelly Joyner. So, obviously, you know, as we kind of get through this season, we'll see, you know, does Jaron Mangum have a, you know, a, a terrific year and, and test the NFL waters? Does, you know, Mikey Duke stand out? Does Michael Hamilton continue to, to you know, press for time as he did uh, in the spring game and, 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 and kind of demand carries like he did in the spring game? Remember, he was USF's leading rusher from the spring game. Um, so, so those are questions that we're going to have to ask, um, as we get into the year and obviously every year is different. So, you know, we'll end up seeing if there's any transfers out. Um, K1 Powell is going to be back as far as I know, um, injury wise, I, I was told that he should be ready to go for fall camp. So, um, you know, you're going to have between Jaron Mangum, Kelly Joyner, Jr., uh, Brian Batty, uh, K1 Powell, um, God, I'm forgetting somebody too. Michael Hamilton, Jason Albritton, who's a walk-on that probably could, could uh, you know, uh, Mikey Dukes. I mean, between all those guys, that's a lot of freaking quality backs that you have to split time with. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of backs for not a lot of carries. I mean, you know, even if you run, you know, even if you go run first, right, you run the ball 30 times a game, I mean, what I named off, let's see, Mangum, Batty, Joyner, um, Dukes, Hamilton. I mean, that's five right there. So you're saying 30 backs, or 30, 30, 30 touches for for five backs is six touches a game. And Jaron Mangum probably is not going to get just six touches a game. There are going to be games where Kelly Joyner doesn't get six touches a game. There are going to be games where Brian Batty doesn't get six touches a game. Mikey Dukes is going to get probably at least six touches a game a handful of times i mean you're gonna see these guys get touches you're gonna see rotations so when it comes to running back recruiting i I, i'd be shocked if they brought in a transfer unless somebody transfers out obviously you know you got to replace one to gain one so um i think that's the case i think dj oliver could be a really good player for usf kind of reminds me a little bit that k1 pal kind of having to go uh, through the woods a little bit to go find a, a, a panhandle running back uh, in, in, in Class 1A. Um, so that's exactly what they did with DJ Oliver out of Port St. Joe. Um, so that's USF's first commitment. Checked in as a three-star, middle-of-the-road three-star. 85 is what we have him on 24-7. So that's what, that's what the Bulls have. So um, that's on the commitment sheet. Obviously, we've seen a you know quite a bit of... Um, 
you know, uh, prospects roll through campus uh, between uh, the, the first seven-on-seven tournament and um, uh, an individual prospect camp and, and an offensive and defensive line camp. Um, you know, we've seen quite a bit of, of prospects roll, th- roll through campus. So uh, first, let's, let's go back to last Thursday. Um, Thursday morning, as the clock is rolled over officially to, to 12, um, Thursday morning uh, into the afternoon, we'll have USF second seven-on-seven in offensive and defensive line uh, big man camp. Um, the seven on seven is going to be a pretty highly attended one. Uh, I, I, have heard upwards of 40 teams are going to be involved on Thursday. Um, I'll be at the event. It's at, uh, the tournament sports complex of, of, uh, Tampa Bay or the tournament sportsplex of Tampa Bay. Um, make sure to follow me at, uh, at W Turner 24 seven for all the latest updates, uh, surrounding, uh, that, um, so uh, let's go back to last Thursday. Uh, a much smaller turnout. I want to say only 12, 12 to 16 teams. I mean, but you had some good ones, right? You had, you know, you had uh, Sanford Seminole in there. You had a Wildwood team that ended up winning the whole thing. You had Palmetto. You had uh, Sumner, which should be really good this year as a, as a third, fourth-year program, or as really as a third-year program in Hillsborough County. Um, you know, you, you had some good programs in there. Victory Christian, uh, Lake Wales, Calvary Christian. I mean, uh you know, you Benjamin uh, is is another one down in South Florida that you know they're uh, the, that that has a lot of prospects on it. Moorhaven was there. You had a lot of talent there, and uh, it was a great great opportunity for for USF to evaluate kind of the you know the major uh, major offers that that kind of came out of there that that you know uh, you know kind of following some of those guys. Uh, first off, in the in the offensive and defensive line camp, um, Jahari Grant out of Treasure Coast. Um, is really one that impressed uh, quite a bit uh, in front of Daquan Bowers and in front of Alan Mogridge. Um, he was offered that I believe that was his first uh, offer at the Division One level, and I think in 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 general, uh, I believe he's a 2024 uh, based out of Treasure Coast. I've got to take another look at that. Uh, J- uh, Jahari Grant. Sorry, you guys know how this, how scatterbrain this podcast can be sometimes. Yeah, a class of 2024, uh, six foot two, 280 pound defensive tackle, um, out of Moorhaven, or excuse me, out of uh, Treasure Coast rather. Um, he was he was pretty good, man. I I, I, I didn't get a chance to like really watch a, a, a ton of his reps, but um, the ones that I did see, he did win. Uh, pretty much every uh, every single rep that he had. So um, as far as I know, um, as he tweeted uh, from the Florida Atlantic uh, camp, uh, which came uh, recently, he has uh, won every single one-on-one rep that he's gone um, that he's gone in between uh, the USF camp, between the UCF camp, and between. Uh, now the Florida Atlantic camp. So um, he was final five at the UCF camp in Orlando um, and then uh, picked up his offer from USF after the offensive and defensive line of big man camp. Um, that's obviously going to be a target to watch in 2024. Remember, Treasure Coast is where Rashawn Yates um, was, and I believe one of his defensive line trainers is Rashawn Yates' dad, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I'll have some more with Jahari. Uh, on, on the website within the coming days. Um, I wanted to spread out my content this week with recruiting, but then uh, Thursday caught up like crazy. So um, with a whole nother seven on seven. So uh, Jahari, I, I'll have something with him. 
um, later on, uh, later on in the week, maybe over the weekend, maybe early next week. But Jahari Grant is one um, to watch out of Treasure Coast. Um, Kenari Wilchard, um, we talk about safeties, right? Uh, you know, there, there's a couple of, of, of safeties that that are that are higher on the uh, that are high on the Bulls board right now, and I think they're going to end up taking a, a handful. Obviously, you want to take a handful of defensive backs, regardless. Um, you know, of uh, you know, you're going to have attrition this year. It's 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 that obvious. You know, Smoke Davis, um, you know, Mikhail Point, um, possibly. Um, gosh, I'm I'm drawing a blank, but. Um, who else is back there? You're gonna have attrition. You're gonna have you're you're gonna have a few guys, you know. Whether it's transfer, you're gonna have a few graduate out. So you're going to have you're going to have some some turnover in in, in the defensive backfield. And um, so there's a couple sa- there's a couple safety targets that are high on the board. But two that I want to highlight right now on the podcast is uh, first of all is is Canary Wilchard out of Moorhaven, uh, 2023 target. Um, he is, uh, he's pretty sought after, um, you know, within, uh, within the big 12, um, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, he's got a, 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 a official visit, uh, set with Indiana, uh, Florida Atlantic is also on him. Uh, Illinois is also on him. Um, USF, Kentucky, um, Bob Shoup is his primary recruiter. Um, I really liked, watching Canari, um, you know, I, I kind of watched Canari a, a little bit, um, I watched Canari, uh, you know, with Moorhaven in, in seven on seven, um, kind of towards the back half of the day, and, um, Canari was, was very, very surgical, and, 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 and I really liked this about him, too, was, it was one of those things that, when I watched him against, Trying to remember what team I watched him against. When I watched him against Seminole, it took about two and a half series for anybody to really throw his way. When I was videoing, and and um, you know, Seminole's got a Seminole's a good passing team. I mean, they, they I believe they won the, the the Florida State seven on seven today or within the, the last few days. Um, it took them two and a half series to throw Canary Wilchard's way. They didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't want to try him. And and when they did throw his way, when I finally got a decent clip, you know, it was a kind of a missed assignment on a linebacker. Um, and Canari kind of, you know, cleaned up. Um, but I really like the angles that Canari takes to the ball. I think that he's, you know, I think that he's surgical in his approach to the football. He's, he's got very good vision. Um, you know, I, I think he could be a really good player at the next level. Um, USF is is definitely interested. They offered back in May, um, according to, to, to the timeline I'm looking at right now. Um, Illinois offered a few days later than that. And then... Um, Hill, uh, Indiana will get one of his official visits on uh, June 24th. So, which sucks because I'm going to end up probably going down to Moorhaven um, when they play Cluiston in seven on seven. So that's annoying. But um, Canary Wilcher, one to notice. Um, I liked him quite a bit. I thought he was a good player. Um, and then the the Wildwood uh, duo of Jamari Dickens and Vernell Brown um, in the secondary of of Wildwood. Um, Wildwood ended up winning the whole thing. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Jam- Jamari Dickens uh, because he is a 23 and is going to be a little bit more of a priority target for USF uh, moving forward. Obviously, Vernell uh, Brown, Brown the uh, third, nicknamed Trey, is um, is going to be a 2025 target down the line. But um, you know, I you know want to want to talk quickly about um, uh, about Jamari. 
Uh, Jamari it worked out with Bob, with with USF defensive coordinator um, Bob Shoup um, for about 10-15 minutes on his own while Wildwood was was off. So that was an interesting moment to see um, to see that. Um, Jamari had a, uh, had nearly had an interception when I saw him late in the day against Calvary Christian. Um, good ball skills can play wide receiver. Um, you know, uh, I, I've seen some clips of him as a wide receiver in seven on seven. I think that he could be a decent, you know, uh, a decent receiver someplace. USF does want him as a safety. As I mentioned, Bob Shoup did work out with him. Um, and then, you know, I just thought he had really good anticipation, you know, the football. I, I thought he had good vision, kept his eyes on the quarterback, um, you know, try to jump a route from the safety spot. Good vision, um, you know, good, you know, definitely, definitely had some good speed, flips his hips well. Um, you know, I think he could be, I, again, I think he could be a good ball player. You know, that's that's why we highlight these players is because I think, you know, typically I think that, that they're, 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 pretty solid ball player so um picked up the 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 usf offer over on june 9th and then um he's also got bethune cookman stetson and appalachian state so he's got some you know he's got some offers to um he's got some 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 offers to his name uh, a couple division two but um I, you know i think that could be another safety target to to watch down the line now in terms of uh, of the prospect camp the other day um you know, I'll have a little bit more on that kind of because we did find some additional targets, so to speak. Um, there will be uh, two big uh, targets that are that are going to be uh, camping on Saturday that uh, I'll have on the on the message board, likely on Friday. So keep your keep your eyes tuned to that. That's a nugget that I won't give you on the podcast, but I will tease you for uh, for for over on the board. Those should be up on Friday um, on Bulls247.com on the message board. So two two big big targets big targets um are going to be in attendance at camp um and then um so so kind of going into uh some yeah i i, I want to highlight offensive line real quick because i think that's another position obviously that you know usf is going to have to replace a lot this year um brad cecil uh meach harris um um uh, Demetri jacobs um donovan jennings brad cecil i mentioned their names once i'll mention them again i guess um, those, those, those in particular are, you know, offensive line is going to be a pivotal, it's going to be pivotal for USF and, and, and offensive line could be a position where they decide to go a little bit more transfer oriented, um, just because of the fact that, you know, guys would have experience, which is kind of what they wanted to do last transfer cycle. They've been wanting to add one offensive lineman this whole transfer process over the last couple of months. And they just haven't found that guy just yet. Um, so it could be, could be, could be interesting, you know, to kind of see how they, how they do, um, how Alan Mogridge decides to pick his offensive lineman going forward, um, into, uh, into the future, uh, especially for this class, because this class is going to be really, really important, um, when it comes to, um, finding, finding those guys. So, um, couple that, that picked up offers, um, following, um, following Saturday's camp, um, Matthew Williams, a, uh, six foot three, 295 pound, uh, defensive end, defensive tackle out of Harlem, Georgia, um, Harlem high school over in Georgia, um, plays a little bit of, uh, p- plays predominantly tackle, um, a pretty proficient defender too, as well, but they, you know, the USF does want, want him as a, 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 a target. Um, he did pick up, uh, Georgia Southern, uh, since his camp appearance at USF. He's also got Southeast Missouri State and Reinhardt University. 
Um, so that's kind of what's going on with him. Abe Diallo from Jefferson High School. Um, uh, he's a 2024 target. Um, he also had a nice little camp performance, and he's going to be one to watch out for as well. 6'5", 285 pounds, um, again, out of Jefferson High School. Um, Braden Ramey uh, from, from Trinity Catholic in Ocala. He was one whose size really, really uh, intrigued me when I went up there and, and, and saw Tommy Kinsler, uh, who was an offensive lineman, 6'6", 330. Um, when I went to go see those those guys up at, up at Trinity Catholic in Ocala, uh, John Brantley does a great job, especially do a great job coaching offensive linemen. I mean, they, they, they've had, especially out of the last handful of recruiting cycles, they, they have had... You know, it's been kind of OL high. I mean, those guys have have, have, have done a great job of, of um, you know, of, uh, of churning out uh, college-ready offensive linemen. So um, he was one, Joe Hansen, out of uh, Niceville, Florida, a Niceville high. He was another one that had a good camp day. Um, I believe his offer from USF came earlier in May. Um, he's also got a Kansas offer. He's got a, a, a few. He could be, you know, a, a target that, you know, turns into um, – uh, a, a plausible one for the Bulls, so so keep an eye on on Joe Hansen out of Niceville, um, and then uh, I believe his name is Joseph McCremen. Uh, McCremen is definitely the last name. I again, you guys know how you guys uh, know how I am uh, scatterbrained. Jamarian McCremen. I'm sorry, not Jonathan McCremen. Jamarian McCremen. I knew it started with a J. Uh, Jamarian McCremen. 6'5", 270-pound offensive tackle out of Kissimmee Osceola High School. Picked up a uh, an offer from USF on June 11th. Has Western Carolina to his name, Western Kentucky, and Alabama A&M. So USF is his biggest offer so far this 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 camp season. Um, uh, it will be interesting to see kind of how his recruitment uh, shapes up within the next couple of weeks. So that's kind of you know a few I, I wanted to pay extra attention to the offensive line. Um, Obviously, we had more over on the website, considering that we did a full prospects and um, notables and all that good stuff over on the website. So make sure to check that piece out um, as we, you know, we're kind of getting back into recruiting. So that's cool. Um, should be an interesting couple of days. Like I said, Thursday, there's going to be a lot of recruiting activity. I mean, there's going to be 40 teams at this 7-on-7 seven seven tomorrow on or Thursday rather today. Um and then Saturday you get out of the camp, and then you're done. Um, so uh, camp season will end. You'll have some unofficial visits. Um, there was already one official visit. Um, so, um, you know, now you're just kind of on a visit season. So, and, and, and making sure you keep your relationships with prospects and coaches from around the area. So uh, that'll be an interesting little timetable. I don't expect USF to get a a, 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 a a load of commitments over the next couple of months. I think it's going to be very similar to how last year you may see one in, in, in July. Um, you may see one in June. You may see one in August. Um, I think the class really starts to pick up between September, October, November, and December, just like last year. I think you'll see a lot of fall official visits. Um, I think you'll see the class start to load up as you get closer to the fall. So um, keep that in mind as, as, as you kind of take a look at what USF has got on the table recruiting-wise. Now, with that being said, that will do it for this episode of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm, I, I'm glad. I think we tackled a ton between the stadium and, and a good bit of recruiting, so make sure to um, continue to check out the website over at Bulls247.com. Get your VIP subs ready for 
Friday. If there was something that I did not cover in this podcast, ask me it on the VIP happy hour on Friday. Um, I believe it's going to be 12 to 4 or 1 to 3 or something of that nature. I got to see what time I'm going to be available. I got I to gotta take a look. So um, make sure uh, to ask those questions over on bulls247.com. Be happy to answer anything um, so you can get more insight on the program. So make sure you have your VIP subs ready. That will be a VIP only thread um, over on the website. So um, with that, again, with that being said, uh, this was the Fletcher Fowler podcast. I was your host, Will Turner. Uh, thanks again for joining us uh, here on the podcast. We are on the four major podcast distributors. I'm so scatterbrained, I completely forgot to mention that. So make sure to check us out on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, and Google Podcasts. Um, so make sure to check us out on those if you are checking us out on the megaphone.fm. Embed within your favorite browser. Um, we will be back at some point. Um, I don't know when, probably within the next month more than likely i don't really have a set schedule to these anymore i i I tried but um you know it's 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 hard coming up with content ideas of the off season um we'll 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 have something suited up so just keep checking um back here on the fletcher and fowler podcast so thanks again for listening we do appreciate um everybody that pays attention and that listens to these podcasts and we'll be back again soon but until then have a great rest of your day morning, afternoon, night, whenever you're listening. And thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the flip side.